Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, cutesy time is over. No more cutesy time. We're not doing cutesy time anymore. Said it before. Say it again. You want to do cutesy time? I'm not your guy. Too many Republican rhino chumps out there who claim they're conservatives, but when it comes time for conserving stuff, that's what conservatism is, conserving the prosperity of the present, liberty and freedom, they seem to duck out on us all the time. I've got a loaded show for you today. We had yesterday off, although we did do a radio show. You about conserving our right to privacy? What about our right to free and fair elections? What about economic freedom? There are some conservatisms not interested in conserving any of that. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let big tech track what you do online. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show after a long weekend. Uh, let me get right to it. I've got that. I've also got a three biggest stories of our time or media scandal segment where there's been another break in this Hunter Biden situation, shall we call it? And I don't mean like the uh, Jersey Shore guy. But the media seems uninterested in the story, so we're going to help them today. I have photo aids, visual aids for you today, media people who watch my show. All right, today's show brought to you by ETS. Attention, new firearm owners and enthusiasts. I've got a terrific idea for Father's Day. In these uncertain times, when it comes to personal and home defense, magazines are just as important as the firearm and ammo you carry. You know that. It can be difficult to find durable, reliable, lightweight magazines that you can depend on. That's why I want to tell you about the mags I trust from my friends at ETS. For the past six years, ETS has manufactured the toughest polymer magazines. They're impact resistant. They won't crack or break when exposed to harsh environments, chemicals, or extreme cold. And they're clear. You see right through them. What an idea. It allows you to see the ammo count and type, which means you can see how many rounds you have loaded. Also, God forbid you get a misfeed in the magazine. You can see it right there. They're clear, see-through. ETS magazines come with a lifetime warranty. They're available right now for Glock pistols, Smith & Wesson M&P, M&P Shield, Sig P320, H&K VP9, MP5, as well as AR-15. These are the best of the best. I knock them down, bang them around. They never break. If you need durability and reliability for personal and home defense, check out ETSmags.com. That's ETSmags.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out ETS's speed loaders to save time loading. Save your thumbs, too. That's ETSmags.com. Promo code DAN for 15% off your entire order. Love these things. Mine have yet to break, and I have beat the crap out of them. ETSmags.com. Promo code DAN. All right, Joe, let's go. <laughs> Quick programming note, Miss Davis. I haven't heard that in three days. My Fox News show, Dan Bongino, we have still, we, the Dan Bongino, we, we're still kind of working on a title. I don't want to say anything, so I don't want to give it away. But it will air, I promise you, this Saturday night. At 10 p.m., please go to your guide and hit your DVR and set the DVR now if you can't watch it live. It still says Gutfeld on some of the guide channels. We will be there Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time, June 5th. You will see my show. Please, I'm, I'm humbly and with the greatest of respect for my audience, back me up, go there, watch the show. Show Fox they made the right decision putting on the Dan Bongino show if you're, if you're, if you're a fan. I, I'd appreciate it. It mean a lot to me. Thank you. Folks, cutesy time zone. You know, it's time for conservatives out there, or people who claim to be conservatives, was probably more aptly stated. It's time for those conservatives to get with the program or get the hell out of the movement. Don't wait. Stop wasting our time. Stop pretending to be a conservative. We're not interested in your BS anymore. 
If you're not interested in conserving things, then please leave. We've had the anti-Trump, never Trump crowd in the past. We've had rhinos and fake Tea Party people who ran on the Tea Party banner, got into office. Believe me, I'm intimately familiar with one of them now who I'm very close with, who totally abandoned the movement. Cutesy time is done. I'm done playing with these people. I'm done jerking around. Enough of this nonsense. If you're not interested in conserving things, then please, please move on. Whatever you need to do, do run as a Democrat, write as a Democrat, but stop pretending you're a conservative. I have three stories today I'm going to tie together here where, again, this disgusting symbiosis of never-Trumpers, fake Republicans, and phonies running under the conservative banner are all aligning to attack things we're supposed to be conserving. What are we conserving if it's not... What, what is conservatism about, better phrase? If it's not about conserving essential freedoms, what is it about? What's the point? What do I mean? First story today, Red State by the great Bonchi. Headline. Again, you can find these in the newsletter. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Conservative Inc. exposed themselves, I'd, I'd note, again, big time, with latest attacks on Ron DeSantis. Now Ron DeSantis is their enemy, too? So just to be clear, it's not just that you don't like Donald Trump. Now you don't like Ron DeSantis, and guess why? Why do you think that? Guess what? Why do you think that would be? Why do you think that would be? Well, Ron DeSantis was endorsed by who? Donald Trump. So, of course, Ron DeSantis, despite being about as conservative a governor as we have anywhere in the country, Ron DeSantis then has to become an enemy, too. I mean, it's perfectly logical for the never Trump crowd to the same people. It's like, wait, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I thought you were a conservative conserving things. So let me give you some background on this story. So Ron DeSantis, who was just an incredible governor, I live here in Florida, and disclosure, I campaigned for, proud of it. Ron DeSantis has said, we are not doing vaccine passports in Florida. They're banned. Forget it. Out. Because why, folks? Because DeSantis is a conservative and believes that we have a right to privacy. That shocker to the never Trump crowd should be conserved. That's what conservatism is. No. No to vaccine passports. It is none of your business. If you have the vaccine or you don't have the vaccine, that is your business. You want to take on a perceived risk either way, risk of a vaccine, risk of not vaccinating, you determine what risk is appropriate for you. The government has no business there whatsoever. End of statement, period. You read the risk of the vaccine? You take it? Fine. You read the risks about not taking a vaccine? You deem it appropriate for you? Take that risk? Fine. Your business. DeSantis is right. If we're not about conserving the right to privacy, then what is conservatism? Why do I bring this up? Because here's a tweet from the story that the author Banshee's covering by Jonah Goldberg, who in the past had done some great work. I don't know what happened to Jonah Goldberg. I don't know... If Trump broke him, I, I honestly, I don't know what happened. If there was some psychic break. But Jonah Goldberg, apparently upset with Ron DeSantis banning vaccine passports, 
and now telling cruise lines that want to dock in Fort Lauderdale and around Florida, all around Florida, DeSantis, rightfully so, is telling these cruise ships, we are going to enforce Florida law. You will not be able to enforce this vaccine passport provision if you're going to dock in Florida. Good. That's actually conserving something. But Goldberg, who claims to be a conservative again, but seems so obsessed with attacking anyone with any kind of a Trump allegiance or MAGA allegiance or whatever it may be, lost it. Here's a tweet. You'll see it in the Red State article, this tweet. Goldberg, uh, Jonah Goldberg, talking about the vaccine passports, is like, well, it's stupid to call it a vaccine passport. I'll give you that. But a private business, particularly a cruise line, should be perfectly free to require passengers be vaccinated, even if the cruise line is wrong. Who the blank is the governor of Florida to say otherwise? Who is he to say otherwise? He's a governor of a major state who's running to conserve things. Are you confused about conservatism? I don't understand. What are we conserving? If the only point of conservatism is to scream every private company, private company, private company, which I'm not going to be lectured by Jonah Goldberg or anyone about free markets and the value of private entrepreneurship, private ownership of your company. I'm not going to be lectured by anybody. Not everything the Trump administration did, Bush administration did, or any Republican. The, I, uh, not, I didn't agree with everything. Sometimes I felt it infringed on free markets, and I said so. But the idea of conservatism is to conserve big R, fundamental, God-given rights. And if you have a series of private companies colluding, in many cases, with the government and other entities to take away big R, God-given rights, then, yeah, we're going to fight back because we're trying to conserve something. That's what conservatism is. What part of that are you missing? By the way, I don't know Jonah's position on these other issues So I'm because I, I don't read his Twitter account every day. But was Jonah Goldberg upset about mask mandates too? What about private companies that didn't want a mask mandate? Are they private companies too? I mean, it's just interesting how this conservative ink crowd, you know, that, that, that seemed to profit off conservatism without actually conserving anything, that's what conservative, conservative ink is. That's what the, 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 uh, that means. I'm just unsure, you know, what they're conserving at this point. Again, they, their position seems to be whatever Trump says or any Trump ally says, do the opposite and pretend we're conserving something. The whole point of conservatism is to conserve good things. Cutesy time is over. You know, cutesy time in the pay vote for a vote for a Republican. Oh, he looks nice in a suit. This guy, he's saying he's a Republican. Let's vote for him. Let's not. Oh, he he's a Republican. He's, he's so great on Twitter. He's so funny. He's a, Donald Trump, no good. He's mean on Twitter. I don't care. Cutesy time is over. Jonah wants to do cutesy time. You do cutesy time. We're going to actually conserve stuff. Here's another story. Where are the conservatives on this one? Are we conserving free and fair elections? Wall Street Journal, the Texas voting melodrama. Joe Biden says it's, quote, an assault on democracy. The facts say otherwise. Here we go again, folks. Pursuant to the fiasco of 2020, a grotesque election where election laws were changed at the last minute, 
all kinds of ballot contra counting controversies because states illegally changed their voting laws at the last minute. I believe could have altered election results. Still to this day, I have very little doubt. So some states are saying that's not going to happen again. We are going to have free and fair elections. That's what conservatism is. Conserving things that matter. Free and fair elections where it is very easy to vote and extremely difficult to cheat. That should be a consensus opinion in the United States. It's not. The Wall Street Journal, who I cite often, and I still enjoy the paper, just like I've enjoyed some of Jonah Goldberg's work in the pen, and everything he's done is terrible. But this is insanity. Texas has an, a, a um, did you catch this story, by the way? Texas is doing a voter reform prov uh, provision to tighten up elections, make it easy to vote, hard to cheat. Some of you ask, by the way, why do I look around? I don't know. It's because I, I don't know. I've, I can never pay attention to one thing. That's why. For any period, any given period of time. That's why. People who watch me on Rumble, Dan, why are you always looking around? So Texas, uh, they passed this in, was it the Texas Senate? And then members of the Texas uh, House, in order to avoid a quorum, did what they did in Wisconsin. Texas uh, Democrats did what the Wisconsin Democrats did and fled town like cowards and chumps, which is what Democrats are. But so they couldn't vote on this Texas voter reform bill. Well, Governor Greg Abbott did the right thing and said, okay, you do whatever you want. I'm just going to stack it in a special session. You're going to vote on this bill. But the journal this morning, I'm reading it. And instead of saying we are, Governor Abbott, by the way, is moving to take away the pay of the people who left town. Good. Do it. No more cutesy time. Cutesy time is over. Your private company, you want to institute invasions of privacy, ma uh, vaccine mandates, vac show us your vaccine card. We're not going to play along. Cutesy time is over. Cutesy time's over on elections, too. Not, we're not doing that fiasco again in 2020. We're not doing it. The Wall Street Journal, quote from the article. Here's what the bill says. That the last Sunday of early voting, polling places may not open until 1 p.m. The journal says, quote, this is a political mistake at minimum and that it's being spun as an attack on black churches that have souls to the polls tradition. One lawmaker supporting the bill argued those election workers want to go to church, too. But some people take care of their religious obligations on Saturday. And in any event, Texas repealed most of its blue laws in 1985. Lawmakers would be wise to drop this provision. No, no, you wouldn't. So just to be clear. There's a provision that doesn't allow some of these uh, voting uh, locations on early voting to open up to 1 p.m. Because the lawmaker thinks, or some of them that put it in there, hey, some of the poll workers should be able to go to church too. Folks, why would we dump that? The journal's recommending we dump it. because Basically, let me just paraphrase it for you. Because the liberals are going to say what? What are they going to say? It's racist. No, they're going to say that no matter what. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not true. If it's not true, why would you at the Wall Street Journal, your editorial section, why would you recommend they dump it if you know it's not true and it's a cheap uh, attack? Aren't you already acquiescing to the Democrats' narrative if you do it? Why would you drop it if you believe that's true? If you're really giving people time on Sunday 
during early voting, which is reasonable, to go to church. And the bill, by the way, has two weeks of early voting. Two weeks. Two weeks. If you really believe that, then why are you folding, genuflecting, and bowing to the liberal talking point by changing the bill? Is it racist or not? The answer, of course, is no, it's not. It's nothing to do with race. You're just making that up. You want to vote on Sunday? Fine. Vote after 1 o'clock. Keep them open till 9 o'clock. It's eight hours. Two weeks of early voting. Why do you constantly let them dictate the narrative? The answer, because you, like Jonah Goldberg and others, you don't want to conserve free and fair elections. You want to play cutesy time. Cutesy time is over. We need Republicans. Can I just say it with balls? That's what we need. Sorry, never said that on the show before. But now that my radio show is different, we don't have to worry about this going on the radio. And I don't think we're subject to as many FCC restrictions here. I don't think any, as a matter of fact. Grow a pair. I'm not talking about Texas. Texas hasn't changed it yet. I'm talking about the Wall Street Journal. Why are you changing it? Why is Jonah recommending we, we, we cave to commercial interests that want to invade people's privacy because you're conserving something? How about conserving privacy and conserving free and fair elections? What is conservatism if we can't conserve the things that matter? Finally, last story. This port, by the way, this cancer port thing I have in my vein up here is driving me nuts lately. I don't know what it is. I think because I, 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 I don't know. I lost a little weight. It's like pulling on my skin a little bit. It's driving me crazy. It feels like I have a golf ball underneath my skin. That's what I keep itching up there. Here's the last story from Breitbart. These will all be in my newsletter today. Breitbart, Republicans make $928 billion counteroffer on infrastructure. Joe Biden's offer at $1.7 trillion. No. No. No, thank you. I thought we were conserving economic freedom. How are we conserving economic freedom by spending nearly a trillion dollars on an infrastructure bill that has to be taken from individuals? So we're preserving somehow individual big R God-given rights to economic freedom by removing a trillion dollars from U.S. citizens to play for, pay for infrastructure at the federal level that can and should be handled at the local and state level? How is that conserving anything? Folks, cutesy time is over. Please call your lawmakers and tell them today, cutesy time ended last week. Cutesy time should have ended 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Cutesy time is over. Be a damn conservative. Conserve our right to privacy, conserve our right to free and fair elections, and conserve economic freedom, or get the hell out of the movement. You're not a conservative if you don't want to actually conserve stuff. Call your lawmakers today, your senators and your congressmen, and demand to know where they stand on this $928 billion bill. This is a Republican bill? Are you joking me? All right, let me get to my uh, second sponsor, and then I want to move on to the three biggest scandals of our time all have one thing in common. They're all media scandals. Again, as the Hunter Biden story blows up. I have visual aids here, folks. Visual aids. Get your mind out of the gutter. Come on. 
Hey, a family was recently surprised to receive a change of address notification they never requested. This was an attempt to steal their mail and gain access to a lot of personal information that cyber criminals can use to steal their identities. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could harm what's yours, your finances, your credit, your reputation, your family's reputation. Good thing there's LifeLock. I have LifeLock. I had LifeLock way before they were a sponsor, folks. My identity was stolen. It was a total disaster. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get voicemails. I get texts. It's impossible to miss. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now. Join today. Save up to 25% of your first year. Don't wait. At LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Don't take chances with your identity. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Don't you find it odd like I do? Some of you saw my Fox and Friends appearance this morning. A day late, I usually do it on Monday. But don't you find it odd that the three biggest scandals of our time are all media scandals? The three biggest stories of our time, if we had a functioning media enterprise, would have been front page news for weeks or months. And yet all three of them were not only ignored, that would be bad enough, Ladies and gentlemen, it's the difference between misfeasance and malfeasance. You know what? I got to make sure it's misfeasance. I'm writing this down because I don't want to forget it for the radio show later because I was taught this once in a law enforcement course, and it was great. There's a difference between misfeasance and malfeasance, right? It's not just that the media ignored Spygate, the Wuhan coronavirus lab leak story, and the Hunter Biden laptop. The three biggest scandals of our time. Should have mentioned them right away. Sorry. Spygate, Wuhan virus, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden laptop. To ignore something could be considered just misfeasance. So misfeasance, an analogy would be, you're walking down the sidewalk, an older citizen in front of you, say a senior citizen falls down, you just keep walking. That's bad. Misfeasance. You could have done something but did nothing. The media could have reported on Spygate, the Wuhan virus, and the Hunter Biden laptop. They could have and should have, but they didn't. So that's misfeasance. There's a level of depravity there, no question. But it's a level of depravity low below malfeasance. Malfeasance is you're walking down the sidewalk, a senior citizen in front of you falls, cracks their head, and you walk by and they go to get up, and you punch them in the face. You're like, gosh, that sounds pretty sick. Yeah, it does, right? But that's what the media did. They didn't ignore the story. That's in the New York Post. It's not that they ignored it. The media openly attacked, punched you in the face if you dared report on Spygate, the Wuhan coronavirus lab leak, and the Hunter Biden laptop. That's malfeasance. You have to understand the whole difference, the mens rea difference there. Ignoring the person who falls on the sidewalk is one thing. Kicking them in the teeth as they go to get up is an entirely different level of depravity. That's our media now. Worse than Pravda. Worse than Pravda Soviet media. Everybody understood they were full of crap. Everyone. It was obvious it was a Soviet mouthpiece. 
that our American media pretends to be doing journalism is a disgrace and a stain on humankind. Why am I bringing this up now? Well, last, last week and yesterday on the radio show and this week, we'll continue to cover this devastating Wuhan lab leak story, which conservatives have known about forever, but magically the media has suppressed and attacked anyone who dared report on it up till now because they realize they can't hide it anymore because they're gross, disgusting people. But the Hunter Biden laptop story is starting to explode too again. Explode where? Only here and on Fox where I addressed it this morning. Fox is no problem covering it. I was there. If you saw Fox and Friends this morning, it was there. I may cover it on my show this uh, Saturday night. Not sure. Still haven't decided. Fox covering it. We're covering it. The media? Nowhere to be found. Well, what do we know now? We've had some of this stuff, but what's slowly starting to creep out? New York Post, which is shockingly a relatively conservative enterprise in the liberal bastion of New York, has an article in my newsletter today. Please read it. Please spread it around everywhere. Especially on Facebook and Twitter where they hate this stuff. New York Post headline by the editorial board. Hunter Biden's laptop keeps damning Joe, but most media just ignore it. Again, I'm not knocking the New York Post. I get what they're saying. I'm not trying to be smart with them on the headline. But it's not just that they ignore it. That's not the issue. It's that if you report on it, the media attacks you. Misfeasance, malfeasance, totally different. Here's a screenshot from this piece, and I'm going to provide some visual aid assistance for the media. A lot of leftist media types, for some reason, are obsessed with my show. They, it's just the weirdest thing ever. Like I, To liberal media types watching, I, I'm talking to you now. I'm looking straight in the camera, okay? I don't give a hit about your shows at all. Your shows are garbage. You're garbage. You lie. Nobody believes you. You're scammers. I don't care. I don't waste my time on your shows. I only pull your clips to make fun of you because you're that dumb. Why are you interested in my show? If you think I'm the crazy one, why are you here? I'm not. I don't want you here. I'm not in this for the clicks, the downloads. The, I don't care. Just go. They're obsessed with my show. So I'm going to, being that they're here, and I know you're here and you're watching because you're an embarrassment to humankind, I'm going to help you today do your job because you don't know how to do it. So let's do some visual aids for the Hunter story. First, let's go to a screenshot from the piece in the New York Post. The photo, what photo? There's a photo of Joe Biden and his son. Oh, yeah, the photo with the then VP. Joe Biden and Hunter smiling with the two Kazakhs clearly shot at cafe Milano. Isn't the only proof Joe actually attended to dinner. Hold on. Come back to me. here. So just so you know, I'll give you a little background before I read on, because I want this to make crystal clear sense because there may be some media people listening who get confused easily because they want to be confused because it's malfeasance, not misfeasance. On April 16th of 2015, while Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States, he attended a dinner in a swanky area of Georgetown at a place called Cafe Milano. At that dinner were two Kazakh oligarchs, an executive from Burisma, which was paying his son, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, an exorbitant amount of money, clearly to influence the United States government in violation of FARA, Foreign Agency Registration Act, Foreign Agent Registration Act, sorry. Also at the dinner 
was the corrupt, now deceased Moscow mayor whose wife gave Joe Biden's son $3.5 million to his, one of his companies. Now, Joe Biden has clearly stated, I didn't know anything about this Burisma deal or anything of the sort. Yet what's awfully odd is there's a photo of Joe Biden attending the dinner at Cafe Milano in 2015 while he was vice president with his son. How do we know that? I even used the handy-dandy Sharpie to show our liberal media buffoon friends that Joe Biden was there. Here is the photo from a New York Post article. You can see it's even labeled at the bottom. Hunter and Joe Biden with two uh, Kazakh uh, oligarchs, allegedly in the Cafe Milano. Whoa, look at that. Look, folks, here we go. Sharpie lines. This is a pen, but I use the Sharpie. Sharpie lines right there. That's Joe Biden. Gee, you got that? Joe Biden, everyone, you see that at home? Yeah. Rush Limbaugh paper flip. Everybody got Joe, you see Joe sees it. Gee, do you see Beautiful. it? Beautiful. Do you see the Sharpie lines, Gee? Joe, is that coming across clear? Sharpie lines? Because uh, the media's there. They might not recognize yeah, real, that's Joe Biden. Real high tech. Yeah. Real, real clear. Uh-huh. Gee's saying it's Joe Biden. Joe, does <laughs> yeah. that look like Joe Biden to you? Just checking. Uh, yeah. That's him. I'm helping yep. him. Do you need me to yeah, walk thanks. up to the screen? Okay, Joe's saying yes. He doesn't yeah. need me to do any further visual aid in There's an actual photo. Of Joe Biden at the meeting with the Burisma executive that was paying his son. But Joe Biden said he didn't know anything about his son's dealing in Ukraine with the Ukrainian company Burisma that was under investigation. And who was the guy who was investigating him got fired because Joe Biden said on tape he demanded it. Joe Biden said he didn't know. But there's Joe Biden. That's really weird. There's Joe Biden right there. My gosh, that's so weird. That's really strange. Come back to that screenshot, Keith, if you don't mind. So we have the photo, and the New York Post says, quote, clearly shot at Cafe Milano in 2015. But oddly enough, folks, it isn't even the only proof Joe Biden actually attended the dinner he says he didn't know about. Pazarski, the the Burisma executive who was at the dinner, emailed Hunter Biden the next day. And he said again, quote, dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. End quote. So much for any claim that Joe Biden never met with Burisma officials, even as he was Team Obama's point man in Ukraine, a role he used to demand the ouster of a prosecutor looking into the firm. I'm I'm really ashamed of our our media people that we have to we have to do this. It's it's embarrassing. I'm not kidding. It's embarrassing. Here's another visual aid for you. We've used before. I had to print it up again because I've been writing all over and took some notes in the last in the last one. That email came from Hunter Biden's laptop. Here's the receipt for Hunter Biden's laptop. It, it actually has Hunter Biden's signature and says bill to Hunter Biden for the Hunter Biden laptop that's been taken by the FBI. Um, you can see that too, folks. There you go. That's, that's just for you right there. He was kind enough to print up another, even as a quote number, quote number 7469 from the Mac shop, quote, we fix Macs. Oh, you fix a lot of stuff. The guy was helpful enough at the Mac shop to call the FBI when he saw some stuff on the laptop that was quite disgusting. And media folks, here again, here's the receipt, receipt, photo. You see that? Photo, receipt. Now, I, I, you know, you could easily go to the Mac shop and interview this guy. Uh, if you wanted to, you won't. Or you could talk to Rudy Giuliani. Oh, my gosh, we can't do that. Dare talk to Rudy Giuliani. Well, on the other side of this break, I'm going to play for you some video of Rudy Giuliani and an excellent appearance on Newsmax with the great Greg Kelly, who is... Uh, Just really, his social media accounts are priceless.
But Rudy Giuliani is asking the question you would think if we had a sane, non-biased media would ask themselves. Again, the three biggest scandals of our time, not just misfeasance, malfeasance. They are completely being covered up and they are attacking people who expose them. Spygate, Wuhan virus, Hunter. Giuliani asked the big question next. Folks, summer's almost here, which means Father's Day is right around the corner. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Bongino in the search bar, and order Dad the Get Out and Grill assortment. It includes 20 entrees he's guaranteed to love, like ultra-juicy burgers. Here's the problem with these burgers. There's a problem. Uh-oh, Dan. Omaha Steaks is listening. Once you eat the Omaha Steaks burgers, you're not going to want to eat another burger, ever. They're that good. They have plump chicken breasts in this, uh, in this uh, uh, set, sides, desserts, and four 10-ounce butcher's cut New York strips. These strips are aged 30 days. Why is that important? Because you could cut them with a butter knife. Age equals tenderness. They are absolutely delicious. Put the Omaha Steaks seasoning on there. Money. Plus, get four free New York strip burgers with your order. They're ultra lean and pack a bold, intense flavor. Listen, Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life. Throw them on the grill, get the little grill lines on her. I like a little char on the outside, butter knife right through those babies, little Omaha steak seasoning, right in the mouth. Eat that whole sucker. Boom. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter keyword Bongino, order the get out and grill assortment package today. Don't wait. Send it to your father because it's more than just a gift. It's an experience he'll love. And then you can go over to dad's house and eat too. What a deal. Win, win, win. And don't forget, for a limited time, get four free New York strip burgers with your order. That's omahasteaks.com. Enter keyword Bongino. Let me downside that spot. I always get hungry after reading. Big downside, because now I got to work till 3 p.m. Eastern time every day. Got to wolf down food. Folks, if you were listening to my radio show yesterday, some of you caught it, some of you didn't. I covered the methods the media uses to engage in the malfeasance we've been discussing, suppressing the Hunter Biden story, attacking people who do, suppressing Spygate, suppressing the Wuhan lab leak story. But Rudy Giuliani has the key question here that's really important. Rudy Giuliani asked it on Newsmax with Greg Kelly about the Hunter Biden story, and it's something our media should have been concerned about. Check this out. It's the Biden crime family. 30 years of shaking people down and selling his office. They accumulated millions. It's disgusting. Worse than that, though, is everybody knows it and they get away with it. 3.5 million from Russia. Mm. You think that might have affected his decision on the pipeline? I don't know. If I have the hard drive, one, right? What do you think Russia has on him? Fair question? No? Anyone? Anyone on the show have any beefs with that? Pretty fair question, right? So, we know the former Moscow mayor, now deceased, was at the dinner. We have photos of Hunter Biden at the the dinner. Hunter Biden and his dad, Sharpie Lines, here you go. We have his dad at the dinner with the Moscow mayor, whose wife gave them three points, the corrupt Moscow mayor, now deceased, Who's Moscow mayor wife, Moscow mayor wife, wife, spouse, you know, I don't care what they call each other, Pookie or whatever. Moscow mayor's wife gives Hunter Biden's company $3.5 million. Joe Biden just makes a decision, a pro-Russia decision to allow them to build a pipeline, bypassing certain states, right to Germany. This decision is definitely going to help Russia and Russia's ability to manipulate international energy markets. Joe Biden says after Donald Trump stopped support for this pipeline, Nord Stream 2, Joe Biden comes in office because he loves Russia and his son loves Russia a lot to the tune of 3.5 milli. Milli, I call it a milli now, right? 3.5 milli in the bank account. And all of a sudden, wow, 
Presto changeo. Look what happens. Joe Biden comes into office. They said Russia was public enemy number one, manipulated the 2016 election. But they're not public enemy number one when Joe Biden gets into office because right away he says, yeah, yeah, you guys, you Russians, you can build that pipeline again. Don't worry about screwing over all those states, manipulating international energy markets and engaging in economic terrorism. Don't you worry about that. I'm all in. So Rudy Giuliani asks a question that the media, you would think, would ask if we had an honest media that weren't full of idiots, clowns, and buffoons. Did Joe Biden just allow this Russian pipeline because his son got paid off for his son's company by a corrupt Russian oligarch and, their, and the uh, mayor and the spouse? Is that, is that related? Well, you'd think that would be a fair question, right? But again, because the media is involved in malfeasance and not misfeasance, they're not interested at all. Well, I want to go into, and I'll do it in this next segment. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Don't worry, D. I'll set you up nice. These scams the media uses and the tricks they use to get people to believe things are real when they are, in fact, false. And one of the things the media got a bunch of sucker liberals to believe was real was at the Hunter Biden laptop with the photo, the Hunter Biden laptop with the receipt for the umpteenth time on the show today, uh, that that was, in fact, Russian disinformation, which was odd that the media got people to believe that because the Biden family never disavowed the laptop and never said otherwise that the laptop was theirs. So if it was their laptop, you would think, I mean, let me rephrase it. If it wasn't their laptop, you would think the Biden family would come out and say it's not ours, right? Well, one of the ways they do this is using the alleged certainty fallacy. So the Wall Street Journal has this in relation to the Wuhan lab leak scandal. Same general thing, media malfeasance. Attack people who said that it leaked from a lab, just like you attack people who said the Hunter Biden laptop was worth investigating. They do this thing called the alleged certainty fallacy. Holman Jenkins covers it in this Wall Street Journal piece titled, Wuhan Lab Theory is a Media Warning. Down inside the piece, he mentions this alleged certainty fallacy. And I'm going to talk about some other tricks they use in a minute, too, because it's important. Once you see these tricks, you can never unsee them. Keep them in your toolbox so you're aware of them. So when you see them and your liberal friends use them, you can immediately dismantle them and say, no, no, dismantle them, excuse me, and say, that is the alleged certainty fallacy. Thank you very much. Start over, please. From the Wall Street Journal piece, he's talking about the lab leak theory and how the media people attacked anyone who said it. He says, we engaged in availability bias, the media. Instead of letting the evidence or lack of evidence guide us, we adopted the attitudes of public figures whose political, cultural, and social status we wish to emulate. Most insidiously, we relied on a fallacy sometimes known as, quote, alleged certainty. The question remains open is not a headline that attracts clicks. A headline that does attract clicks is, quote, lab leak theory again proves Trump's incompetence. The alleged certainty fallacy is claiming certainty on an issue that's actually open, as Jenkins just states in this piece. But because the media hates Trump, and if they were to put a headline in like Jenkins wrote in this piece, uh, you know what, it's an open question if the coronavirus leaked from a lab. They know anti-Trump headlines make them money. And because they're corrupt mercenary hacks, they have to write something in there that isn't true. So what do they write? They write things like, you know, lab leak theory proves Trump's a liar. Alleged certainty. They're certain. Lab leak theory proves, proves, proves Trump's a liar. They're alleging certainty where no such certainty exists. Not only did no certainty exist, 
there's almost now near certainty on the fact that it leaked from a lab in Wuhan. But notice, even when I talk about it, I don't say that conclusively because I don't do alleged certainty because I'm not absolutely certain. I'm reasonably confident the evidence is overwhelming, but we're not certain just yet. We're almost there. But I don't do what they do. How does this relate to the Hunter Biden story? Well, again, the malfeasance part, obviously. It's not just that the, you know, the media attacked us all for talking about the lab. Sorry, chair got caught. I want you to see, watch Biden use the alleged certainty fallacy right here with, uh, at the time, President Donald Trump in one of their debates where Biden, you like how I tie this together? Yeah, are you thinking? I hope you're thinking this because I hope this makes sense. I want to show you these examples right here and how people use them all the time, especially liberals. Here is Joe Biden in a debate claiming certainty that the laptop and the Hunter Biden laptop story is definitely Russian disinformation. And note how he uses another fallacy, the attribution to experts. He goes to experts, citing experts. The experts said that despite all the evidence, the experts got this wrong. Notice how he goes to experts, too. Watch this. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what is this that's where exactly you're what This is told. where he's... There was never, ever any information whatsoever to back up what Joe Biden said. If we had a non-Pravda honest media, they would have called him out immediately and said, sir, sir, time out. Hold on. You have the red flag? We do. We got it. Red flag. Make sure it doesn't land in my coffee. Red flag on the field under the hood for review, folks. They would have said, Joe, that's not right. There is no evidence whatsoever. And your citing experts to claim your false statement is true does nothing. Your alleged certainty, we are sure this is Russian disinformation, experts told me so, is garbage. It's nonsense. There is no such certainty on the laptop as Russian disinformation. You just made that up. But we don't have an honest media. We have a propaganda, propagandizing Pravda-like outfit. You know, I'm, here's what we're going to do here. Yeah, I'm going to move around a little bit. I want to go to the videos. Can we do that? We got Isakov, uh, Sol, Rufo, and Mar. Covered this a little bit yesterday in my radio show, but I'm going to motor through it fast here. I'm going to go through other fallacies the media uses to engage in their malfeasance where they attack truth tellers. It's unbelievable we're having this conversation. We had alleged certainty. Here's what we're going to go into. We're also going to go into isolating people from the truth. Tactic media tactic number two. Number three, the unbroken leg fallacy. Four, the loaded question. Number five, moral equivalency. I got videos to back all this up. Let me get to my last sponsor. Magic Spoon. Hey, growing up, cereal is one of the best parts of being a kid. You all know that. Everybody remembers being a kid eating cereal. I had to give it up. I'm a health nut. It was full of sugar and junk. It's as simple as that. Just look at the nutrition labels on the back. It's no nutrition at all for some of them. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar. 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 
It's only 140 calories a serving. It seems impossible when you eat it. It's not. This is a huge hit in my house. My kids destroy the boxes. The downside, they don't leave any for me. Magic Spoon's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You can build your own box or build your very own custom bundle. Find Magic Spoon in a variety of flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. I like them all. I don't even know what to, I can't even tell you which one's better. You're going to have to pick your... My kids like the blueberry and the fruity, but the cocoa, I got, I'm a chocolate guy. I dig them all. It tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. It's delicious, but super healthy cereal that brings joy to your morning. I kind of, it's not really a snack food because it's not, you know, it doesn't have all that sugar in it, but I use it as a snack food because it tastes good. And sometimes I'm jonesing for something that tastes good. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Be sure to use our promo code Bongino at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Bongino and use the promo code Bongino to save $5 off. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the episode. We appreciate it. Okay, so getting to more media stunts, tricks, scams that they use to get people to believe, to gaslight them, to get them to believe things that are not true. There are tricks. It's not, folks, listen, you know, there's a, oh, there's a sucker born every day. Yes, there, there, there are suckers born every day. And there are some people who candidly are not that bright. They're just not, okay? But it's not easy to get 60 and 70 million people to believe that 3 plus 3 equals 72. It's not easy. The alleged certainty fallacy is one of the ways the media folks get people to do that. One of the other ways they do it is by isolating people from the truth. Folks, it's very hard to uncover lies when people like you and I want to go out and read a story about something and we can't find the truth. The day after the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, if you went into a search engine, Google, any search engine that's polluted by leftist Soviet Pravda types like Google, you couldn't find the story anywhere. The Twitter fascist banned it. Facebook was all over it. You weren't allowed to post the Hunter Biden laptop story, even though the story was true. They isolate people from the truth. When you cite alleged certainty that the laptop is Russian disinformation and you isolate people from the truth, it's no wonder 60 million idiots bought this story. Here's a video to show you how they isolate people from the truth. Here's Michael Isikoff. He's interviewing Barry Meyer, who wrote a book about Christopher Steele and how Christopher Steele managed to uh, scam the American media into running his pee tape dossier story. And Isakoff says the quiet part out loud to the author that, you know, what's really crazy that a lot of these other media outlets outside of conservative media, it's weird, but they won't book you on the air. Well, of course they won't. They're isolating people from the truth. Listen to it right here. Check this out. Because, you know, your conclusions uh, about the accuracy of, of Steele's allegations, which are not very much different than mine um, at this point, um, has led to your book being greeted by Trump loyalists and the conservative 
media uh, outlets as a, a great journalistic uh, achievement on your part, and while being pretty much ignored, at least so far, uh, from other media. Says the quiet part there out loud, doesn't he? That liberal media outlets are ignoring Barry Meyer's book where he exposes the whole dossier hoax and collusion hoax. By the way, Barry Meyer was a writer for the New York Times. He's not a conservative. I didn't play the answer because it's a two-minute long. You don't need it. basically says, confirms the same thing. Yeah, CNN and MSNBC aren't interested in all of my story about how they all got hoaxed, air quotes, because they did it on purpose. All got hoaxed by Christopher Steele. Fallacy one, alleged certainty. Fallacy two, isolate people from the truth. Mass propaganda. Kool-Aid drinking time for some of them. It's not easy to propagandize tens of millions of people. It is easy to get a sucker to believe everything, but to get 70 million people, 60 million people to be suckers, that's hard. Here's another trick they use, the unbroken leg fallacy. I've played this video quite a bit, but it's always worth our time. Thomas Sowell exposes it here. How liberals start the story in the middle, always, every time. They'll say things like when it comes to government welfare benefits, which Joe Biden wants to expand rapidly now, when conservatives say things like, hey, we're bankrupt, we don't have money to give to people, they'll say, well, what are you going to do? Let them starve? Never acknowledging the fact by starting the story in the middle that if you started the story in the beginning, the reason some people in the United States are poor and are starving, with air quotes, I say that because those numbers are dramatized too, is precisely because of government intervention in the economy. The unbroken leg fallacy. Government introduces a solution, air quotes, that breaks someone's legs. And then to fix the broken leg, they introduce more of the solution to fix the problem they created. Thomas Sowell masterfully covers this here. This is him. And you've seen this a couple times on my show. But again, it's always worth your time. Helen O'Banion is a liberal. You'll hear her in the beginning. She's talking about welfare benefits. And watch Sowell completely dismantle her and expose the unbroken leg fallacy in this clip. Check this out. Cut off welfare tomorrow. What will they do? What will be their immediate response? At what price to their small children and to their uh, middle-aged children? Uh, yes, they'll get a job. In fact, the statistics show that women, in fact, are the most successful through the employment program. But what has to supplement that typically is the provision of some kind of daycare arrangement. Either the individual woman has to earn enough money to be able to pay privately for her daycare, or in fact, she is, quote, subsidized through this insidious, uh, corrupting program, set of programs run by the federal government, which in fact makes her employable and a taxpayer. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, notion of trying to get people in a productive mode. Tom so It's incredible the, the way you start the story in the middle, uh, as if there's a predestined amount of poverty, a predestined amount of unemployment, and that the welfare system is not itself in any way responsible there for that. There is a predestined 20% of the bottom half of the population. I, I have never... Oh, well, nonsense. that's always been true. There's going to be 20% at the bottom. With you, with you. <laughs> it's also true that 20% of the bottom population doesn't have to be living on the government and ruled by the government. Start the story in the middle, Helen. By the way, that's one of my favorite clips. Guy, can we put that in the Evergreen file? We need that in Evergreen. Is it already there? Because we've used it so many times. Guy's probably got it in the Evergreen file already. I love that clip. Because the media does that too. Republicans pounce on welfare. Welfare payments. And down the three paragraphs down, the bodies are, 
evil Republicans want to steal food from the mouths of babies, never acknowledging at all how those babies needed food in the first place in the most prosperous economy in the world. What is it that could have contributed to babies needing food? Maybe the fact that we subsidize poverty in this country and make it easy. You ever think of that? Are we allowed to start the story in the beginning? I don't really care what we're allowed to do. We're going to. And we're going to make liberals very uncomfortable by doing it. Because they don't want to acknowledge that we have a poor bottom 20%. By the way, which is tautological. You're always going to have a bottom 20%. But that are subsidized and their poverty is subsidized. When you stop subsidizing poverty, shocker, you get less of it. Here's another media scam stunt trick they use to mass propagandize people. This is a great clip by uh, Christopher Rufo from the Manhattan Institute. It's on Mark Lamont Hill. He's got some show. Mark Lamont Hill is a, you know, radical leftist. And Mark Lamont Hill, shockingly, is promoting this clip as some kind of, like, I wrecked this guy. You know, like, hey, look at me. Look what I... Lamont Hill gets destroyed here, Mark Lamont Hill. Destroyed. He makes an obviously racist statement, and he phrases it in the form of a question. And he gets wrecked by Rufo from the Manhattan Institute. Manhattan Institute is a really good guy. And yet Mark Lamont Hill is taking a victory lap for finishing 10th in a 10-person race. Very bizarre, but totally in line with how libs are. Losing is their thing. Here's the clip. And what's the media scam they use here? Media slash liberal scam, because they use it too. This is the loaded question. Pay very close attention. Mark Lamont Hill is not asking a question here. He's about to make a very racist statement to Christopher Rufo. Phrase it in the form of a question. And the biggest mistake you can ever make is answering a loaded question. It's a trick. Don't do it. Do what Christopher Rufo did in this cut. Check this out. And if I were to say to you right now, Christopher, what do you like about being white? What would you say? <laughs> I don't know. I, again, it's such an amorphous term. It's like a census term or a, a, but, a crude but, but can, can, can you do me a favor? Indulge term. me. Indulge me for one just we're running out of time. Indulge me for a minute. I understand you see it as as all these things, but you surely recognize that the world sees you as white. You know the world reads you as white. And if you were to ask me some things I like about being black, I could talk about cultural norms. I could talk about tradition. I could talk about the kind of commonalities I feel around the diaspora. If I were to ask you what, particularly if you're saying whiteness is a thing that is being constructed as negative and shouldn't be, name, name something positive that you like about being white. Well, sure. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll answer with a, with a, a thing. There, there's a lot of documents that are floating around public schools that say things like uh, timeliness, showing up on time is a white supremacist value or a white value, white dominant value, things like rationality, things like the enlightenment, things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, objectivity. And uh, these are very strange things to be ascribed to a racial identity. My view is that these are actually should be ascribed to every individual human being, every individual human being, regardless of whatever racial category we impose on them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what? We haven't done a hero of the day today and it's Tuesday. We've already missed Monday because yesterday we were off on the podcast. Rufo, you're our hero of the day. Didn't even, I didn't even tell you that, right? Give me the rundown. You say, let me just write that in so we don't miss it. Hero of the day. Cause I got to do the radio show. I don't want to make sure I acknowledge this guy. Christopher Rufo. Well done, buddy. Well done. Give a round of applause from Guy too. Well done. The loaded question. When did you stop beating your wife? Beating my wife? I don't beat my wife. Headline. 
Joey Bag of Donuts says, I don't beat my wife. Everybody's reading the front page of the paper like, does he? Why is he answering that? You don't answer the loaded question. You do what Rufo did. You turn it around and you say, basically what Rufo said, that, hey, that's kind of racist, don't you think? Categorizing people by race. What do I like about being white? No idea. Tell you what I like about being a dad. What I like about working with Joe and Gee. What I like about being a husband. What I liked about being a police officer. What I liked about being an agent, a podcaster, radio host, whatever. What do I like about melanocytes, not producing a lot of melanin in my skin? Nothing. Because it has nothing to do with it. It's like asking me what I like. Daniel, what do you really like about having a... Imagine... Think of, think of this, right? I'm trying to think of something easy for liberals because they're so dense. Can you imagine them saying, like, what's another physical feature? Like, what do you like about having an earlobe that's two and a half inches long? You'd be like, uh, what? What are you talking about? I like the culture of earlobes. Like, are you stupid? This is obviously a racist assertion in the form of a question where he's trying to get Rufo to be a racist, too. What do I like about being white? Yeah, I don't know. He's confused because he's like, what a dumb question. What do I like about being white? What kind of question is that? All right, one more I got time for. We talked about media stunts, tricks, scams, alleged certainty, isolating people from the truth, the unbroken leg fallacy or starting the story in the middle, the loaded question. Here's the last one. Five, the moral equivalency bit, where they say, well, these people are just as bad as those people, and they try to equate one thing to another where there's obviously no equivalency whatsoever. Terrorists attacking innocent people by firing rockets into a city without warning is far worse than what Israel did to the Palestinians in responding to that. Watch Bill Maher dismantle the hapless Nicholas Kristof from the New York Times, an embarrassment of a reporter. Watch, he's got, I mean, really, this guy's got more stories wrong. It's, it's comical and hilarious at the same time. It's hilarious. Watch Bill Maher dismantle his attempt at moral equivalency here. Check this out. This is good. But I would also say that, you know, I made that point for context. I think it's important to understand that, uh, that Israel at home truly is robust. But, you know, I don't think that's a defense for Israel uh, uh, engaging in possible war crimes in Gaza uh, or uh, engaging. Well, Gaza fired 4,000 rockets into Israel. What would you say Israel should have done instead of what they did? So how I mean, could you not commit? So, I mean, international lawyers are pretty clear that they have a right to defend themselves. They have a right to respond to, at military targets. But there was a sense that the response uh, was probably a war crime because it did not sufficiently avoid civilian casualties. Uh, but and they purposely put the rockets in civilian places. That's their Yeah, yeah well, likewise, Israel's defense ministry is in a civilian area. I mean, both sides do this partly because they're crowded countries. I do think that Hamas particularly does this, and I think that's a war crime on the part of Hamas. And clearly, Hamas is engaging in war crimes when it shells. War is a crime. I, I mean, it seems like a silly argument when people go to war. Notice the trick? The moral equivalency? Oh, these two are the same. They both have killed people. No, 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 no. The data here is obvious that Hamas are a group of bloodthirsty, savage terrorists who fire rockets indiscriminately to Israel to kill innocent people. 
The Israelis, in turn, fire back to defend themselves and warn Hamas and the Palestinians first where the rockets are going to land so there's no civilian casualties. There is no equivalency at all. Nicholas Kristof is a buffoon and has always been a buffoon. All right, that was a busy show. We had a whole bunch of stuff I didn't even get to. I'll have to get to it tomorrow. Your taxes are going up. We'll, we'll definitely cover that tomorrow. I'll cover it on the radio show a little bit today, too. Don't miss my radio show, 12 noon to 3 p.m. You can always go to Bongino.com, excuse me, Bongino.com, and click Listen Radio if you'd like to listen to the show live. You can also listen to radio stations everywhere. And uh, please, as a favor, again, I ask you, uh, subscribe. Uh, not subscribe, what do you call it? DVR, like DVR it. My uh, new Fox News show this Saturday, June 5th, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Please watch. It's going to be for you. And uh, I'm really happy with what we're putting together over there. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.